A dream can be anything, whether yours is to start a business, be in a healthy relationship, pursue your dream career, or to get right spiritually. Every week, the Dream Check Podcast brings you advice, encouragement, and real-life insight from people who are living their dreams to the fullest. I'm Nicole Ivanoff, an established international wedding photographer, a wife, a dog mom, coffee enthusiast, but most famously known for my sweatsuit collection. Like you, I have so many dreams, some of which I've lived out and others I'm still pursuing daily. I'm a girl from suburban Detroit who's made her way out to LA, and although I'm no guru, I have a heart to empower, activate, and sharpen those dreams that may be lying dormant in your life. If I or anyone who comes on this podcast can do it, so can you. Welcome to the show. Time to check in. What's up, friends, and welcome back for another episode of the Dream Check Podcast. I am your host, Nicole Ivanoff. As always, if you are new to the show, thank you so much for stopping by to listen. If you are a regular listener, I love you so much, and thanks for always tuning into the show. Today's episode, per usual, is going to be incredible. We have Kristen Dalton on the show. Kristen and I have so many mutual friends, and our paths have crossed so many times, and this is our first time having like an intentional conversation, and it was so incredible just to get to know her. She is such an incredible human being, and I'm so pumped for you guys to hear her today. She She was former Miss USA, board certified mental health and professional life coach. She helps women in life, mental health, pageants, the list goes on. She's also a best-selling author of the book, The Sparkle Effect. She leads an LA women's group called She Gathers. It's a monthly gathering of women. And she's the host of the Kristen Dalton Wolf Show on LifeAble TV. And she's a mom. This woman is incredible. She can literally do it all. She's a superwoman. I was so encouraged and inspired by this conversation and I I know you guys will too. Just off the list of things that she does, I know that it's going to be something that you're going to want to listen to. We dive into Miss USA, how she got into pageants, where that dream came from. We talk about her book, The Sparkle Effect, and why it's super important to her and how she leads others and how The Sparkle Effect came to be. It's a really, really incredible story. We also talk about balance, how she literally does everything I just mentioned. How does she do it all? You will find out in today's episode. She talks about her community she gathers in LA and a lot about motherhood and her struggles with motherhood. It's so deep. It's so real. It's so relatable. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. So let's welcome Kristen Dalton to the show. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am good. You know, I'm adjusting to the no headphones because this is, as we were just saying, first yeah. time no headphones. Well, it's the perfect day because your hair, Yeah, like, you don't want to mess it up. We, we were we just want to feature your hair. Thank Looks you. It's, Courtney and I were actually just talking too. It's the longest my hair's ever been. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Because you've been taking good care of it, not putting it in the bun. I think it's the bun. Mm-hmm. I think I'm so used to it back that yeah. when it's down, I'm like, wow, I have long hair. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having so me. So good to have you. Yes. Um, I can't remember if we we met at a She Gathers yeah. through, I think Tori Masters yes. brought me in Chelsea. Yes. So yeah, cool. I, know. I feel Tori's like we such have, a recruiter. Oh my gosh. Her <laughs> and I just were chatting the other day. I'm like, I feel like we need to catch up. Our lives are mm-hmm. so like, not different, but like, Evolved. she's a mom. Yeah, she's yeah. a mom now. It's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Speaking of mom, you're yeah. a mother of three. Yes. You are a former, you were Miss. 
USA. Universe. Or wait, Miss USA. USA. Yeah, okay. Didn't make it to me. I was top 10 at Miss Universe. I mean, that's but. still incredible. Thank you. Um, I kind of want to start, like, give us a little brief intro. Who is who is Kristen Dalton? Man, I don't know. There are so many things to say. But um, yeah, we'll start off with that. I'm a former Miss USA, and that was my childhood dream. Mm-hmm. And then after I won Miss USA, I moved out here to Los Angeles to, you know, try to be famous uh, mm-hmm. after being Miss USA because that's what we all try to do. Um, in one way or another. And so I started pursuing TV hosting. The more I did that and went on all these auditions, I realized that you most of the auditions had to do with like celebrities and beauty mm-hmm. and, and entertainment. And I realized you had to really be passionate about these topics and mm-hmm. almost have your own YouTube channel about these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized I just wasn't passionate about like prepping for these auditions. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't even like want to talk about this stuff. Yeah. Um, and I was modeling and doing commercial work and I was so blessed and did really well in those things. Mm-hmm. But I really had a life-changing moment when I was going to church. I was in kind of a dark phase. And this guy said to me at church, he's like, Kristen, don't you know that you are a daughter of the king? Mm. And that changed my life because I realized in that moment that I wasn't just royalty or Miss USA for one year, Mm -hmm. but I got to be this, like I got to be royalty all the time. Mm -hmm. And Gosh, that's so cool. Yeah, I got really passionate about like, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. And so that became my ministry and it opened doors to what I'm doing today and also closed doors. (laughs) Love that. Um, You know, (laughs) like as I started stepping into more of that, Mm-hmm. doors of my usual streams of income, which were modeling, mm-hmm. commercial work, hosting, all of that just started to close. And I was like, wait, God, I thought that when you started like serving you more, you mm-hmm. blessed us more. <laughs> but really, I realized <laughs> that he was redirecting me. Mm-hmm. And um, so that led me into the work that I do today. I've written books and I'm doing personal coaching. I'm a certified uh, mental health coach. I'm an, almost have my master's in counseling. Gosh, and jack of I, all trades. I have a women's ministry here in LA. Okay, there's so much. I have so many questions, <laughs> so much to unpack. First, what got you into pageants? Like, where did that dream begin? Okay, so my mom is Miss North Carolina, USA. I love it. <laughs> And is that where uh, you're from? Yes, I'm from okay. North Carolina. So she had her trophy and her crown sitting on her dresser, like all while I was growing up. And I would go in her room and like try on her crown. And oh. I was just really proud of her. Mm-hmm. Um, we would watch her pageant, her like state pageant. And I loved watching her win. <laughs> and um, then we would watch her Miss USA pageant where she did not make the top 15. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that is ridiculous. Like she should have won. (laughs) And so I just kind of made this resolve that I was going to go to Miss USA and like win for her. Oh, that's actually so cute. (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to go redeem this situation. This was wrong. I love it. You didn't make the cut. (laughs) So so yeah, and then we watched Miss USA and Miss America every year at our house. Like it was a Super Bowl. I have two younger sisters, a younger brother. My dad was in on it too. We'd make our top 15 predictions. And oh my those gosh, this women, is so cute. yeah, and my dad always got it right. But those women for me were role models. Mm. And I just decided at an early age, like, I want to be a role model for women too. And mm. that was the route that I went. I love that. What are some hardships that come with kind of being in the spotlight like that as a woman? <laughs> a lot of criticism. Mm-hmm. You know, criticism, everyone has something to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it can really 
toughen your skin mm-hmm. and make you more resilient and strong. Like you can either, either you can go one way or the other. You can either crumble under the pressure or you can mm-hmm. rise up and use it as fuel. And of course, I had moments of crumbling like we all do mm-hmm. and had moments and nights of doubt. But I had a voice within me that was quiet that I chose to listen to instead. And that's the voice of God. And we all have that voice mm-hmm. that we can listen to. There's two voices, you know, mm-hmm. it's either the voice of doubt that's going to steal, kill, and destroy, or the voice of God that gives us hope. And that's ultimately the voice that needs to win. Did you ever struggle with, I, I have some friends who are also in pageants and the perfectionism that comes from uh, beauty pageants, mm-hmm. I think in general, is that something that was ever a, a struggle for you, I guess? After the pageants. Yeah. I don't think perfectionism probably in the way that you would think. For Mm -hmm. me, definitely comparison. You know, I thought that, for me, I thought that winning Miss USA was going to be this magical cure Mm -hmm. that was going to finally make me feel beautiful and confident. Like I was like, if I win Miss USA, like I'm going to finally feel like I am beautiful Mm -hmm. and secure. But it was not a magical cure. (laughs) As a matter of fact, during that year, I doubled my dosage of antidepressants Mm. um, because it made me even more insecure because it just takes you to this whole other level of comparison, you know? So it's helpful to remember that no accomplishment is a cure Mm -hmm. for the insecure. It It only highlights them. We can't use our dreams to... We can't idolize our dreams. Well, because like you said, God can close doors at any given time. Mm -hmm. And if you're idolizing something that maybe is not the end all for you from God and that door eventually needs to be closed, like that can be gut-wrenching. Yeah. How did you, (laughs) you said pageants was your dream your whole life. So how did you pivot to new dreams Mm -hmm. after that? Yeah, it's That's a really good question because now I coach a lot of women who do compete in pageants. Mm -hmm. And after the fact, um, there's after they compete or after they win, there's a lot of like, hey, what's next? Like, Mm -hmm. what is next for me? You know, and a lot of women who compete do have already like a vision of like, why are they competing and what do they want to use it for? Whereas I didn't really know. Like, I just knew, I was like, I really want to be Miss USA Mm -hmm. so I can make a difference. So I can have a bigger platform so I can speak to people. And then I'm going to just follow the unfolding after that. Um, Yeah, so I wasn't really sure. But I think the pivot really just happened through my own journey with God. Mm -hmm. You know, pivot happens through pain and passion. And for me, that pain was really struggling with depression. You know, mm-hmm. I've had struggled with that for since I was in middle school. And I was going through like another bout of it, like I said, when I was out here in Los Angeles and just not feeling that security and that confidence mm-hmm. that you would think I would have or should have. And that doesn't feel good. That's not like a fun existence. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> you don't want to have a life that just looks good. You want a life that feels good. Yeah. And that's what we get as daughters of the king. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I got really passionate about like, hey, what does it look like to actually mm-hmm. like know our royal identity, to operate mm-hmm. from our identity versus for it? So mm-hmm. I just did a whole bunch of study and research. I went to ministry school and getting my master's and started leading Bible studies and just realized like, this is where God has me. So that's where the pivot came from. And do you feel like when you started living out that purpose Mm -hmm. that you knew God had for you within that pivot that you actually started to feel 
feel good. Mm. Uh, it's been a process, mm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, seasons of it. Like definitely there, there's the ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important to acknowledge. Like just because you're on a journey with God does not mean that you're going to be a little miss happy all the time. That, that is a fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I think that there was like when Chris, my husband and I first started dating, mm-hmm. he always said that he was really attracted to my um, childlike wonder mm. and innocence. And he compared me to uh, Amy Adams' character in Enchanted. I haven't seen that. What? Oh my gosh. <laughs> she's she's like, she's basically a, 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 a Disney princess in the real world. Okay. <laughs> so she like I calls, love it. She calls out the window. Ha, ah, ah, ha, ah, ha. And like all the mice and rodents like come to the window. And that that's you. <laughs> It was that he. That's the way he said I, I was like, and that attracted him to me. Mm. But I, but I, I lost a lot of that, um, mm. that wonder and that sweetness and color and brightness when I became a mom. Mm. I felt like I traded traded my beautiful like princess crown for like a crown of daggers and thorns, mm. um, and I didn't feel like sparkly and sweet. Mm. You know, I felt really bitter and resentful. And um, that was when I really saw for the first time, like, oh, like, this is why I need Jesus. Mm. (laughs) This is why I, like, need grace. Mm -hmm. Because before that, I I wasn't one of those people who was, like, who really got Mm -hmm. grace because I'm a firstborn. I am a performer. I like for my parents to be proud of me. So I've always followed Mm -hmm. the rules. So for me, like those messages never really landed. I was like, I don't really need grace because I do all the right things. You know what I mean? (laughs) So perfectionism for me has looked like being right or being good, Mm. you know, being moral and uh, feeling like light on the inside. Mm -hmm. And so when I saw the sin nature of me, which is like angry, Mm -hmm. And very reactionary and mean. Mm. I was like, oh, this is why I need Jesus. And we have some work to do. Mm-hmm. So it's really fun just for God to reveal all that stuff that's within yeah. you. Because the thing is, is like I would say, I would think to myself, like, where's all this coming from? Like, this isn't me. And then God was like, actually, it's it's been it's there all nature. along. Yeah. It's been there all along. It's just that the the heat has been turned up mm-hmm. in your life. The fire has been turned up. And so this gold that you are is being melted. Mm, that's it, good. And the nickel and the copper, the impurities mm-hmm. are coming to the surface. So I can refine you into that pure gold. So good. I'm not a mom yet, but I can imagine it's similar to <laughs> being married. Like marriage is hard. And so mm. it's a mirror to a lot yeah, of our mirror. insecurities, mm. our imperfections. We get angry when, you know, we don't want to be. And it's, again, it's a choice. It's like we need Jesus in marriage mm. and we need Jesus in motherhood, mm-hmm. as you're saying. Yeah. Um, you said something earlier, and I I'm, might repeat it wrong, but... You said there's a difference between working for mm. our purpose or from our purpose. For um from identity. From versus identity for it. versus yeah. for. Can you explain that? I think the practical way to think about that mm. and to do it is to live from a place of trust. Mm. That's good. Because it comes down to security. Because oftentimes we're trying to achieve dreams and goals mm-hmm. because we want to get 
security. We want to feel secure and confident and validated. Mm -hmm. And we want to establish ourselves in the social hierarchy of our communities. But when we realize we don't actually have to do that because we already are secure, Mm. because we trust God, we are seated in heavenly places, the boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places, it's so freeing. We don't get caught up in like the how we're going to accomplish these goals and dreams. Mm -hmm. All we need to know is the what. Last night I gave a talk at She Gathers and I used this like symbol, this metaphor of a butterfly. And a butterfly, when it comes out of its cocoon, it doesn't know whether it can fly or not. It just does, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, what if we did that as daughters of God? We Mm -hmm. just actually did what he said we could do. Mm. And we actually believed what he said we can believe. We just did it, you know? And a lot of times we get in our own way. We just get stuck. And we're like, I don't know how I'm going to do this thing. What if people don't show up? What if I fail? And when you trust, you do the thing regardless of whether you fail. Mm. It's like Queen Esther, her attitude Mm -hmm. when she finally came to the decision that she was going to go to the king. And she had this attitude that said, if I perish, I perish. What would you say to someone who is maybe struggling in that area to trust God with their dreams or to even just take the step forward? Do it afraid. Mm -hmm. It's my favorite phrase. It's so simple, but it really is so good. Mm-hmm. You have to do it. And there's that. There's the spiritual f- saying, do it afraid, that's spiritual, um, backed by like 365 verses of scripture at least. And then also in counseling, it's exposure therapy. That's what it's called, exposure therapy. <laughs> do you know what that is? Mm-mm. It's doing it afraid. Doing the thing that you're scared of because when you do it, you're like, oh, this isn't so scary. Oh, I, I, can, I can do hard things. Oh, that wasn't so bad. Mm-hmm. And you'll never know you unless do you do it. it. Yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. Faith is action. You don't have faith unless you do the thing. And it's crazy because sometimes we need that reminder, even though we know as Christians, faith is action. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we get stuck in the fear, the worry, the so doubt, the anxiety, things. all yeah. these things that mm-hmm. are just easier to come by mm-hmm. than taking the faith. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's really important to have voices Mm -hmm. in your head that are good. (laughs) Other than other than the the small the voice of God, you Mm -hmm. need like people who are speaking into you. And I will say in this this season I'm in, I feel like I'm stepping back into myself. And a big part of it is because of two friends who say really good things to me. (laughs) You know? Like one of them is what is she, 14 years younger than me? Oh my she's gosh. A little, she's a baby. But I love her so much. And she says to me things like, Kristen, you need to remember who you are. You mm-hmm. need to show up and shine. Like, you need to turn up your light. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and she tells me things like, Kristen, just get on your stories and talk. Mm-hmm. Like, just do this, just do that. And that helps me so much, mm-hmm. you know? And she's just one person, one voice, but it's a really important, encouraging voice. Mm-hmm. And so, that matters. It really matters. Like having people that are speaking into you and supporting you. Mm -hmm. So important. And it doesn't have to be a big community. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be a big, it can be one to two people who really care about you. What would you say? I just feel kind of led to ask this question, maybe for someone listening, but you had talked about how you struggled with motherhood initially Mm. um, and how it kind of drew things out of you that you didn't even know we're there. Yeah. What would you say to someone who's maybe a new mom, like, and is doesn't know how to give herself grace? 
Oh God, it's so hard to give yourself grace, man. Mm-hmm. I had to like do a whole year. Well, that's not true. It was multiple <laughs> years. <laughs> you're like, it's still a work in progress. You know how like, you know how you, you choose a word for the year and you're like, this is the word that mm-hmm. I'm gonna own and walk in. I felt like I was really good at like doing that in one year. And then I became a mom and it was like, Okay, compassion is my word. And oh, compassion is my word again. Oh, compassion is my word again. Because what I realized I needed to do is get rid of this critical tendency. Mm. Critical is what it is. Critical and judgmental. Um, And there are so many layers there. Criticism is a way of um, assessing ourselves and evaluating our performance. We live in a culture that just does that all the time. I mean, like right when we're born, we're literally mm-hmm. like evaluated and measured on a scale of like our height and our weight. And mm-hmm. how do you rank on this chart, you know, of, of so babies? So crazy. Never thought about it that way. Right? It's like, that's that's just how we're programmed. Mm-hmm. And so, oh my gosh, it's this like rewiring of the way you look at yourself and other people through this lens of compassion. And when you break down the word compassion, it means with suffering. And the word passion comes from the passion of the Christ, which was the suffering of the Christ. I literally keep getting goosebumps. (laughs) And he like (laughs) came down to show us what it means to be with us in our suffering. And so what really helps me is to envision Jesus with me Mm. in my ugliness, in my anger and how he's sitting there with me holding my hand. Like, I know, yeah, it's hard. Mm -hmm. You know, he's just with me in it, not judging me. Mm -hmm. And it helps me to accept Mm -hmm. and move on. That's such a... A beautiful like picture. Yeah. And I feel like that can be used in any, I feel like even in marriage, I'm so critical of myself. Mm. Like if I do one thing where I like have a bad day, I'm like, oh, I'm not the wife that he thought I was going to be. Mm. And like, I say that to myself mm. often. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is something a lot of us lack is compassion for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like I'm, I'm good about being compassionate towards others. But when it comes to myself, I'm like so hard and mm. critical. Mm. And so I feel like that's going to encourage so many so many people. You know why? It's because we hold ourselves to a different standard. Mm -hmm. You know, we're like, oh, like grace and compassion is for you. Yes, exactly. It's for everyone, but But not me. (laughs) Because I should know better. Mm -hmm. I do know better. I have all the tools to not act like this. Why am I acting like this? Mm -hmm. And so it's helpful, again, to remember that analogy of the gold, Mm -hmm. that like, it's not that you're regressing and your growth. It's not that you're not spiritually mature. Mm-hmm. It's just that things are coming back up and God is doing you a favor because he wants to ladle that ish out. So good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Okay, speaking of gold and you've said sparkle a couple times, mm-hmm. um, what is the sparkle effect? Mm. Okay, well, the sparkle effect came from my winning Miss USA mm-hmm. because I was not what they call a front runner. Mm. I was what they would call a dark horse, meaning that no one, what's the word, picked? Predicted. Predicted. Predicted (laughs) that I would be a top 15, that I would Mm. win, like anything, which was fun for me because I was like, right, you just don't (laughs) know. Here I am. (laughs) And I just want to say, like to anyone who doesn't have supporters, Mm -hmm. like if you're on God's radar, that is all that matters. But you do have to have that attitude. And Mm -hmm. I did. I was like, it's okay. Like I know. God's got me. I'm on God's radar because he literally told me when I was three. So I'm just, it's fine. I'm just going to like. I love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. 
So we have to really listen to that voice and just own it, you know? So after I won, all the judges came up to me and the head judge in particular said, Kristen, after they announced the top 15, because at Miss USA, it's a celebrity judges panel. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily know anything about pageants or like mm-hmm. what they're really doing. Um, and Which so, is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and the reason they do that is because they're looking for a winner who be like fresh and relatable, who could go on red carpets, kind of like fit into that kind mm-hmm. of Hollywood world. That makes sense. Uh, anyway, she's like, after they announced the top 15, all the judges leaned into me and they were like, uh, how do we like know who to pick? <laughs> All these girls are beautiful. And she was like, you're going to see it in one girl. Mm. It's in the girl who sparkles. It's in her mm. eyes and in her smile. And she said that after the commercial break, they all leaned back into her and they were like, we see what you're talking about. We see the girl who sparkles. And that girl was you. And I had just That's won. So, cool. so I was like, well, praise the Lord, you know, mm-hmm. great. And then it wasn't until after my years, Miss USA, I started judging pageants, coaching girls, working in ministry. And I started paying attention to like what, what it is in a woman that makes her stand out. Um, even in dating situations, like what what is it about like a girl who gets picked by a boy over another girl? Mm-hmm. Um, like we, you even might be thinking of some friends right now that you're like, how is she how is she still still single? And this girl like has like a five carat rock mm-hmm. on her hand. Um, <laughs> and they both are, they both are equally amazing. Mm-hmm. But the the difference between the two is one believed that they are worthy. Mm. One believed that they are worthy. That's always the difference between a woman is her belief and her worth. Well, <laughs> and her acting it out, and living that, it out. That goes back to when you said your husband, the first thing that he was attracted to. Mm. And I think that the joy and the pureness. Mm. But I think there must have been also a sparkle that you had, Mm. which I think is so, it's like a full circle. Yeah, that's a really good point. So how how have you struggled to even keep your own sparkle? Like what do you do when you feel like maybe the sparkle is is dimming? (laughs) Or or fading? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, I've already talked about kind of that long phase that I Mm -hmm. went through and um, I'm coming out of it. But there was this moment... It was, was it last year? Hold on, we're in 2023, so no. It was in 2021. <laughs> wow. Uh, yes, okay, so I was six months pregnant mm-hmm. and I almost died. Oh my gosh. I got COVID pneumonia, acute respiratory failure and I was in the hospital and I didn't necessarily want to make it out mm. of the hospital. Um, I was totally surrendered to like dying. Mm. One, because I knew where I was going. So there is the peace in that. Right. And then the other one was, I didn't necessarily want to go back home because it was so stressful. Mm. I had two little ones at home and I don't know, I didn't really, I just felt really like tired and Mm. not happy. I remember my friend texted me and was like, well, what kind of life would you want to go back to? You know, so I started thinking through that. But during my time in the hospital, I had a lot of time to pray and meditate. (laughs) And God really spoke to me through this acronym of the word STAR. Mm. Because stars are in the sky and they're beautiful and bright and they're twinkling and they're just there. Mm -hmm. Just so effortlessly, you know, like beautiful and they're like not trying. They're just there. And the acronym is surrender, trust, accept, and rejoice. For Star? Mm. That is so wild. Yes. And so I've been 
stepping into mm. and living out those four things when I feel the resentment creep in and the bitterness, but it's really gone. It's really like I have so much more peace mm-hmm. and acceptance. I took a year last year to pull back on all my work to really focus on being a mom because there's a scripture in the Bible that says, God settles a woman, settles, Mm. settles. (laughs) In her mind, heart, and spirit, he settles a woman in her home as a happy mother, happy mother Mm. of children. And I was like, ooh, settled, happy. I need to learn how to do that. Mm -hmm. And... I need to understand and like really get this revelation of like my children are blessings, not burdens Mm. to my other callings. Like I need to really get this. I want to feel what it feels like to see them that way Mm -hmm. and to steward motherhood and like see it as an important calling. Like people say, they're like, motherhood is a calling. And I'm like, oh, it's really not fun though. Like I'd so much (laughs) rather be on a stage, you know? (laughs) And I was like, you know what? I really don't think that... um, I don't think it's going to work with my other callings and my other dreams until I get this one right, you know? And so I sacrificed everything, put it on the back burner and just went like full in cocoon phase motherhood and had God like teach me how to tend the Mm -hmm. flock, you know, like a Mm -hmm. good shepherd and to be gentle and to be happy and anonymity. Mm -hmm. And um, that's really helped a lot. So I would say just like, you're talking about how do you, what do you do when you feel like the sparkle is fading? I would say like lean into the thing that is hard and figure out how to like make it not so hard, (laughs) like really own it. What do you think in this two year journey that God has taken you through focusing on finding the joy in motherhood? What do you think you have taken away the most from that? One, One thing God has spoke to you or taught you through that process. I mean, I hate sounding cliche, but it's the word present. Mm-hmm. Present and prioritizing, you know? That's good. I think, like you said, it's hard to do what you feel is your calling and purpose in the women's ministry mm-hmm. when at home you're having this area of like, I'm mm-hmm. really struggling here. Mm-hmm. And not to mention when God has taken you through this process, how you're going to be able to help and encourage other women mm-hmm. who are going through the same thing. Like yeah. God's going to use this suffering in this season for your purpose and your calling mm. and what you're doing now. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yes, 100,000%. Yeah, totally. It's like the <clears throat> that cocoon phase or the chrysalis phase of mm-hmm. the butterfly. Like you have to go into it, you know? And mm-hmm. when the butterfly comes out, it like struggles. It struggles to get out of the cocoon. The only way it's going to is by the wings, like pushing and pressing. It strengthens its wings so it can fly. So such a cool picture. Yeah. So it's encouraging to anyone who's like in that kind of, phase right now of mm-hmm. like darkness or anonymity or hiddenness, that is training ground, valuable mm-hmm. training ground. How how do you balance it all? <laughs> now that you're you're doing the she gathers again, yeah. um, how how do you balance the home life and where you feel God has called you? Yeah. Well every season is different. You know, every season is different. And I think that's really important just to know mm-hmm. and to understand that 
things change, especially in motherhood, almost like every four to five months, like schedule is going to change. Things are going to look different. Um, So we can't like hold on to what things look like. We have to be like adaptable and Mm -hmm. flexible. That is super helpful. And I I wouldn't say I'm always doing it all. Like last year, I wasn't doing it all, you know, and now I'm slowly adding back, adding things back on Mm -hmm. um, to the capacity that I can handle. Um, And I'm just very strategic with my day, my week planning, my day planning. Mm -hmm. And my husband and I sit down and create our priorities for the year, like three main priorities, Mm -hmm. God, family, and calling. Mm -hmm. And so where do they all fit in? You know, and so just when when you have your priorities in place, it's easier to say no to things that don't line up Mm -hmm. and yes to the things that do. I had a friend, um, and this was even before I had a relationship with God, and we were on a job. I was a photographer. She was modeling, and she has such a big impact on my walk with God in general, but Mm. she had asked me just out of the blue, she's like, what are your top three priorities in life? Mm. And I was like, I don't know. I'm like about to say work, and she's like, work can't be one of them. And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, well, mine are my health, Hers was her health, her faith, and then her husband. Mm. And she said, you know, it's my health because if I'm not healthy, mm. I my faith is going to struggle and I won't be as good of a wife as I could be. Yeah. And then my faith because I need my faith to be a good wife. Love that. And then my husband. And she said, anything that compromises those, I don't do it. Good for her. So it makes saying, like you just said, it makes saying no to things that don't serve mm. those three priorities mm. so much easier. Obviously yeah. much easier said than done because mm-hmm. it can be so tempting. And I'm such a yes person. I don't know about you, but I'm like, yeah, I can do that. I'm like, wait, that falls on the night of this, which I already committed to and is a priority. Mm. And so I love that. And I think it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had to sacrifice or to keep aligned with those priorities? Like, has that been difficult at all? I feel like I'm going to give a really unrelatable answer because no, Mm. (laughs) it's actually like, it's great for me because I'm an introvert. Mm. And so I love like keeping things me tight, too. you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, if I have a reason to say no, like great, you know? Because yeah. I don't super love like socializing mm-hmm. um, only if it's meaningful and purposeful. Yeah, You know, I don't like chit chat. I don't like the surfacey talk. It's so draining for me. Yeah. So yeah, I'm like, when, when it comes to community or relationships, I'm like, when when I have girls' nights at my house, I mean, there is a plan. We mm-hmm. have like questions that are prepared mm-hmm. and some some kind of prompt or something yeah. that's gonna happen that actually means something. So, no, for me, it, it's a good thing. It like makes it, it easier. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> okay, so on the top of all of this that you're already doing, you have how many books? Three. Three. Okay, where? What are the book names? What? What's your favorite one and what was like the meaning behind it? Well, The Sparkle Effect is my most recent. Yes. That was my first traditionally published book. Okay. And that one, I think, is it 50 or 31 qualities? I can't remember. But that one really just breaks down what it looks like mm-hmm. for a woman to stand out from the inside out mm-hmm. and to really walk in her true identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one is called Rise Up Princess, 60 Love Days it. to Revealing Your Royal Identity. And then the third one is a guided journal that pairs with Rise Up Princess mm-hmm. that helps you tap into... God's voice for yourself. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And then my next one, 
is going to have something to do with Star. Okay, this whole so four that we've been talking about four books. Yeah, I love it. Look at you. You literally do so much. I just have to say, I think. I think on top of, you know, this journey that you've been on, I just want to encourage you, even as someone who doesn't know you very well, mm-hmm. like I'm encouraged, I'm inspired. And I think you have such a anointing for all the oh. things you're doing, even within motherhood. Mm. Thanks for saying that. Of course. Yeah, I feel like I don't do a lot. So it's crazy that, I'm. Um, thank you for saying that. Of I'm course. glad it looks that way. <laughs> you do a lot and you do it all so well, by the way. <sighs> I try. I try. It's a lot of spending time with God. Like I have to, mm-hmm. you know, bringing it back to the butterfly, if that's okay. Um, one of the things that makes them live longer, mm-hmm. well, they're heliothermal, which means that, that mean? it means that they get their energy and their fuel from the sun. Oh, so their bodies, same. their bodies don't heat. <laughs> their bodies don't inter- like heat themselves, uh-huh. you know, like ours do. But in the same sense, we are also heliothermal in the sense that, like, we get our strength and our power mm. from basking in the sun, yeah, in God's light, you know. And I think it's really easy to rely on our own strength. So so easy. Even as Christians, as one, mm-hmm. who know that we need His strength, we how often do we really plug into the power mm-hmm. source? You know, and so for me, like I, it's such a game changer when I spend time with Him, and when I don't, like mm-hmm. you can tell, my husband's like, "Oh Lord," you know. Yes. Sometimes my husband will just look at me, and I'm like, "Yeah, I guess I should go dive into my morning devotion." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay, let's get into She Gathers because yeah. I think it is so cool and so amazing what you're doing with that. And I had told Kristen, you guys, before the show, the first time we met was at a She Gathers and I have made so many friends from women I have Aww. met there and just really yeah. good community mm-hmm. and really good women who pretty much all have the same desire for God. Yeah. And uh, what, what, what was the, what inspired She Gathers? Okay, well, we started just meeting in my house as a women's group. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, okay, let's rewind, like 11, 12, something like that years ago. Oh my gosh. Um, I felt like I knew God was like telling me to start a women's group. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I started in my apartment, but it felt too overwhelming and scary and girls didn't show up. And I was like, mm, I think I'm gonna table this. And so then... The girl who was the same girl who was the head judge at Miss USA. Stop. Yes. She called me and she was like, Kristen, we need a new Bible study leader at our church at Bel Air. And I already prayed about it and it's going to be you. I'm going to let you pray about it, but it's going to be you. <laughs> but it's you. Yeah. I had never even been to this Bible study. Mm-hmm. You know, I was about to like go to this Bible study and be these girls' leaders. This, their leader. They didn't even know mm-hmm. me, you know? So I was really intimidated and scared. Um, but I said yes, because I was like, okay, this is better because it's already a set group. I don't have to do the inviting. Like right. I just get to come, you know? And so I started that way. And for about five years, I led that group and it was great training. And then I started my own women's group at my own house. And then that grew and evolved. And once we just started growing out of my living room, we're like, okay, how do we scale and pivot and that's when we decided to launch She Gathers, which is our monthly gatherings. And the whole point of it is just to um, pour into the leaders and mm-hmm. influencers of our city in Los Angeles who need to be poured into, who need that refreshment mm-hmm. and that encouragement so they can continue pouring out and blessing the women that they're around in their circles. Which I've seen from experience to come to life. Aww. Yeah. What is your dream for She Gathers? Okay, this is really crazy. I'm ready. Okay. 
<laughs> I don't even know where this dream came from. This is very recent because when we relaunched, we, we went on a hiatus mm-hmm. from, you know, during pandemic stuff. We relaunched in October. And when we relaunched, I was like, all right, I don't want the stress that I had before. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep this so simple. Like all I'm going to do is put the invitation out there and show up and teach. And I don't care like how many people come. Mm-hmm. We're not going to have snacks. Like we're going to do nothing. It's going to be so bare minimum. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're doing way more than we did before. Mm-hmm. It's like full on production. Um, but it doesn't feel hard. Yeah. And I think a big part of it has to do with that chrysalis phase that I went into mm-hmm. with my children because it's like, God stripped away any need that I had mm. that I could get from the success of She Gathers. Yeah. Like it can't do anything for me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so now I'm just having fun with it. Which is what it should be. Right, exactly. That's such a takeaway, I feel mm-hmm. like, for everyone. Like if you're not having fun, you need to either change how you're doing it or mm-hmm. stop doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's biblical. In the book of Ecclesiastes, it says it's God's gift to you that you would enjoy your work. Yeah. It's so funny because even this podcast, I feel like was such a God-given dream. Mm. And I always said from the beginning, like I have a full-time job like Mm. already. And so this is something that if it ever is causing me stress, anxiety, Mm. or it seems like a chore, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to put a pause on it Mm. because I don't ever want to do it from a place of... I have to go record a podcast or yeah. I have to do this. Like, I want to feel joy in it. Yeah, um, that's good. And so I think it's so, I didn't even know that was biblical, but yeah. I think it's so important. Mm, mm-hmm. And look, now it's, now it's thriving yeah. and you're thriving. And once again, it goes back to that, you don't want a life that just looks good. You mm-hmm. want a life that feels good. Yeah. It's the art of fulfillment. Mm. You know, we don't want to just like create results and success. We yeah. want to be fulfilled, which is also biblical. And, you know, Paul talks about, being content. He's learned the secret yeah. to be content in all things. And isn't that the super the super skill that we mm-hmm. want is to learn how to be content. And so nothing, no achievement is ever going to do anything for us. There's yeah. no magical pill or cure. Like nothing you check off your box is going to change you. Mm-hmm. You have to alert, be happy right now. Content and happy right mm-hmm. now. Like that's the point. So anyway, it started off that way. Like, okay, we're going to start back like bare bones, going to do nothing basically. (laughs) And then the other night I was praying. Oh, because I I keep thinking about how the space that we're in, Mm -hmm. if we're ever going to get kicked out and like lose the favor. And I was praying about that. And God was like, oh no, you're not going to get kicked out. You're going to outgrow it. Mm. And I was like, oh. I just got goosebumps again. I was like, what? And I was like, where are we going to go? And he showed me a picture of what looks like the Dolby Theater. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, Lord, like, that I received really that. big. <laughs> so I'm kind of, so I put that on my vision board, mm. you know, and then I had this idea and this dream of it turning into a show, mm. like a show. So we'll see. I have no idea what that would look like, but I'm like, why not? <laughs> I love it. And you're on God's radar and you already know yeah! that. I love it. Way to bring it full circle. Right? That was good. That was good. (laughs) So wrapping up, aside from the sparkle effect and your books that you have, are there any other books that you'd recommend for identity maybe or self-worth? Everything by Lisa Turkhurst is magic. Mm. Great. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I I think especially if you're struggling with bitterness or resentment or Mm -hmm. like any just heaviness, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, forgiving what you can't forget. Ooh. Lisa Turkhurst. Okay. 
I might get that one myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your yes, time today. I really appreciate me. it. Yep. I'm encouraged and inspired, so I know everyone else that listens is going to be. Yay. You're the best. Thanks, Nicole. So are of you. Of course. <laughs>